0: Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Today we're gonna to be talking about discouragement. Choking out discouragement. Um, you know, sometimes people think they see certain people you know they'll see confident people they'll see you know maybe myself or other people you know in the workplace or other people you know in your life and you're thinking you know they've got too much going on for them to feel discouragement (coughs) only cough during the broadcast literally never cough any other time throughout the day it must be the coffee we're just gonna blame it on the coffee but discouragement is sent straight from the enemy. And it's something we've all battled. We're not anyone that's, you know, and let me tell you, it's it's a constant thing that you have to get rid of, you have to cast down, you have to have control over, you have to, um, someone wrote, you're allergic to Tiffany. (laughs) You know, so we're gonna choke out discouragement today because regardless of who you are it is a battle we all face and we're all going to learn how to destroy it Um, throughout the bible you know i was i I do school i'm a homeschool teacher for some of you that um uh, don't know me maybe that's watching but um we were working on prefixes today with brooklyn and um, she was working on ones that were dis and un, and she had to add them to words because dis, and the prefix un, un makes that word um, opposite. Okay. So uh, then I was started thinking like the opposite of courage, straight up discourage. Discouragement is the opposite of how we're supposed to live our lives based on the Word of God. And there's no other book we need to live by. There's other good books, yeah. I mean, people write powerful books that have been anointed by God, and yes, you should read them. But everything that they're writing from has stemmed from the Bible. So we have a book full of encouragement, full of power, and um, that's what I'm going to get into today, is choking out discouragement. And so it says in John 14:1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So just like I said, discouragement, it's, it's a common temptation that comes to all of us. Every day, if not every other day, we're, we're casting those thoughts down. We're casting down you know, something that's going to make us feel discouraged. And, you know, it's not supposed to be tolerated. It's not supposed to be wallowed in. It's supposed to be fought. I'm just going to read a few verses before I get into my main story of today because I'm going to be talking about Elijah, um, a prophet of God. I I love reading about um, Elisha. So... um, Deuteronomy one six. These are just ones you can write down and then you can go back and you can read later. Uh, you can, you know, lots of times it's good to print verses, put them around your house so they're in your vision, in your view. Keep them on your tablet. Keep them on your phone. Deuteronomy one six, And watch this common pattern that's within these verses. The word strong is always with courageous. They're strength. Being strong and courageous go hand in hand, and we need the strength of God to carry out everyday tasks. So it says in Deuteronomy 31, 6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. I looked over and I saw my little self on the screen and I was like, totally got me off guard. It's like, wait, what is, what is that thing? It's just me. That's just me. <laughs> All right, Joshua 1, nine. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 1 Corinthians 16:13 Be on guard, stand firm in faith. Be courageous, be strong. 2 Chronicles 15:7 But as for you, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. So, courage, strength, comes from our Heavenly Father. The opposite, okay, people are like, opposite of faith is this, you know, opposite. Yeah, so the opposite of being courageous, like the Bible tells us, would be what the enemy has planted in our thoughts and in our minds, which is discouragement. So I want you guys, if you have your Bible, if not, go back to this, but read it on your own time. 1 Kings 19... And I'm going to read it because I want to set you up with, <coughs> excuse me, I want you, please repeat the verse after Joshua. It was 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Lewinda, and Second Chronicles 15, 7. All right, so I'm going to be talking about the crisis of Elijah. Here's Elijah. I'll set you up for this. We know, powerful man of God. Prayers are always answered. He's, you know, destroying um, uh, the. He, he killed the four hundred and fifty prophets of of Baal. He's the same guy who stood before um, the prophets. Um, with their false god, and uh, you know, bringing fire down. You would think this guy. Is so confident, no discouragement, nothing's wrong. He's not, you know, battling anything. Everything's on a high. Everything's just, you know, we're good. I don't, ha- I don't deal with this because everything works out for me. There's no failure, there's no this, there's no that. But as you see this, I'm going to read why he's running here. So Elijah flees um, to Sinai, that's what I'm going to be reading. First uh, Kings 19. Actually, I'm just going to start with, with one. So there's a lot of reading, but we'll set you up for the story and we'll go from there. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elisha had done. That good old Jezebel. Mm. Including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me. If this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them okay so we've got this lovely thing of a woman and she's sending out threats to Elijah and you would think, hey I should be like okay you know you know what I did you know you know what my God performed okay whatever nope this happened to a great man of God. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, town of Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness traveling all day. He sat under a celerity broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept. Uh, uh, yeah. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree, and he was sleeping. And an angel touched him and told him, "Get up and eat." He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, "Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you." So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And Elijah stood there. The Lord passed by. The mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Uh, Version, I'm reading uh, New Living Translation, Kara. And the voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, go back. To the same way you came and traveled to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint, oh boy, me and Old Testament names, Hazael to the king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Saphet from the town of Abel Melola. Where's, where's Ted when I need him to correct me? to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So, his problem with discouragement was obviously a spiritual condition but I'm going to show you a few things how not even just spiritual. Spiritual can lead into the natural and your emotions. He saw if you go back to the beginning here when (laughs) Jezebel said listen this time tomorrow I'm killing you just like you killed my men. So he forgot, like all the past miracles that God did, he forgot all of the, the victories that he did by the help of the Lord. And he paid more attention to um, her threats rather than his promises. So I'm going to show you three things today. Elijah's discouragement and despair were, were fueled by these three things that I'm going to go through. There's three factors, fear, failure, and fatigue. And those three things are three things that happen to us now. Fear, any type of failure that happens or comes our way, we're kicking the dirt and then we stay down in the dirt. And then fatigue, and I'm gonna touch on that because I'm going to show you how important uh, rest, nourishment, these things all play together. And so first, number one was his fear. When you think about Elisha and you think about when you start reading 1 Kings and you're in 16 and 17 and 18, I mean, you're reading these extraordinary stories of him and how he had... No fear, right, no fear. And now he's at the point where fear has made him retreat. Fear has made him run away. Fear has given him suicidal thoughts. Now, we know in 2020, the fear that came put suicidal thoughts at an all-time high. Because see what it does? It's this spirit that talks to you that discredits the goodness of God and past testimonies. It discredits you moving forward. It puts you in an invisible prison. Fear is so trapping. It's so full of chains and bondage. Like just the whiff of it drives me nuts. I don't let any of it with any talk with my kids I'm not super spiritual where I don't, I talk it out with them. Anytime they've said, I'm scared of this, or "Um, I've thought of this last night, or this, we deal with it. I'm not in there freaking them out, we're not, you know, speaking in speed tongues. I simply go over with them what the Word of God says, and that's what we're going to believe. And what we believe will activate what the Word of God says. And so the fear, his fear, superseded his faith in that moment. It overtook it. Done. Elijah said, forget it. Just her words. Just her threat. I'm out of here. Nobody wants anything to do with my God, no one wants anything to do with me, I'm out and look at all the things that have happened. I'm leaving and Lord, I just want to die. I just want, I just don't even want to live anymore. Look at all those good things, all those good works that God is using him. He's a prophet. He's a voice of God and he's ready to just throw in the towel over this one chick's threat. Well, she had it coming to her, that's for sure. <laughs> and so he's out running. So I wrote down time, this time, his fear superseded his faith. And by that one moment, look what happened. He, he operated, he did everything in that moment by an assumption, by an assumption that it was over, they're coming to get him, I'm done, I have nothing else to give. And that's what discouragement will lie to us. It will lie to you. You've got nothing else to give. You've got nothing else to pour in. This is it for you. You know, forget it. You're done. Life's over. You might as well just hang it up. You know, if ministry would have been over for Ted and I a lot earlier if that is how we operated by. Because discouragement happens to everybody. There's things that I know we, have you know, encourage people, we talk to people, we'll preach the gospel, we know certain people that should be getting saved, they're not getting saved. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. I have to do what we're called to do, and then we let the Holy Spirit do the rest. But Elijah ran because his fear superseded his faith. We've all dealt with this stuff. Criticism, Right? fear of criticism, um, fear of rejection, fear of um, uh, failure, fear of we're not enough. Just just little, little lies, just little things that get into our mind or maybe we've heard from family, we've heard from people our whole life and it becomes in, uh, embedded in our thoughts. And so, Discouragement sets in and then fear supersedes faith. And that's what becomes the primary driver of our life. And it's time we're choking out discouragement. We're kicking it out of the driver's seat and we're letting faith back in. We're letting the belief of God's goodness and his promises back into the driver's seat of our life. All right. Two, failure. A lot of times we'll put our value in the things that we accomplish. I wrote down. We do a lot of um, look at me, look at me, and then when something happens, like that is a defining moment for us for our life. Failure, yeah. Sometimes we try to do something, and but the thing is, smart people <laughs> figure out how not to fail in that area again. There's times where I have failed God, there's times where I have failed at things, and then I'm like, you know what? There's a way for us not to fail. There's a way for us not to learn the hard way. There is a different way. Lord Jesus, tell me what is that way. Okay? So failure, yeah, it does happen. But it's not a place that we it's not a place where we stay at. So if you go back to 1 Kings 18 I wrote down, just it's something you can read later, but a lot of you know the story, the, you know, the Mount Carmel, and, and they're going back and forth, and it's, you know, your God, my God, your God, my God, send fire down, water, back and forth. So you see, um, look at it this way. Whose job was to defeat the false God? And whose job was it to be obedient? See, we got to stop taking the pressure off of ourselves and be like listen god's won this victory he's got in control of this battle i'm not going to do it in my own human strength because i would never i would never succeed so it can't be like that our primary task is faithfulness are you willing are you obedient are you going to do what god's asked you to do are you gonna go where God's asked you to go? Are you gonna say what God's asked you to say? And this is for every believer. This has nothing to do with the fivefold ministry. You have a voice just as much as I have a voice. And you're gonna meet people that I'll never meet. And so we all have to work together at this. We can't be one big ball of discouragement. We've gotta encourage each other. We've gotta walk strong in the Lord. We've got to know where he's planted us, know what he wants us to say. And so our primary task is faithfulness, believing in the word of God. One thing you always hear Ted and I say, we don't take someone else's story and make it ours. We don't take someone else's story and alter the word of God. We don't take someone else's story and make it our belief system. It doesn't matter how good the person was that went through something, how much faith you believe they had. That doesn't matter. What matters is what does the Word of God say about that topic, about that situation, and that's what we stick with. So our primary task is faithfulness, believing in the Word of God. His promises are yes and amen. And since God never fails, it's way better... To trust him and not in our own human strength. Because that's when I wrote, that's when failure can happen and we identify with that rather than identifying with our Heavenly Father. We let failure mold us and we stay down. We stay defeated. We stay in discouragement and then our faith is not in operation. We're not speaking the um, we're not speaking the things of God. We're not speaking his promises if that's a place where we're going to stay in <coughs> in defeat, in discouragement, in a feeling of failure. Yeah, okay, you tried something, it didn't work out. You went this way, um, you know. That's why I said, we put our trust in him because he never fails. If we constantly are listening to the Holy Spirit and taking steps, action steps into what he's telling us, where he's leading us, where he's guiding us, failure, that feeling will become less and less and less. It's possible to live a struggle-free life. That's not a popular message, might be a topic I do at another time, but it is possible to live a struggle-free life. I don't have to know the bad things of this life and go through them to feel stronger, to feel like I've accomplished something, to feel like, um, you know, I'm, I'm really now, I made it to the top. And so, you know, that was one thing. I had a discouragement uh, that I actually had, <laughs> uh, that could have kept me back from speaking was uh, feeling like I didn't have a testimony to base my ministry on other than <laughs> God's called me to do this, He's a good God. This this is you know, it's not that I never, you know had to work some things out growing up, but I don't have some kind of traumatic testimony to that launched my ministry. And I'm not saying that's bad. So so hold hold the phone, everybody. <laughs> I am not dogging anybody. I'm just saying that a testimony works both ways, okay? So for the people who have gone through something and it's launched a, a thing in their life, praise God that they have faith and strength and they're a different person and there's mercy and goodness on their life and they're spreading Jesus and, you know, they're winning the lost. That's phenomenal and that's good, but there's also people who have a testimony of, who have lived in divine protection and lived in divine healing and have lit, you know what I'm saying? So you got to, our testimony is we come overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and both sides are a testimony. Um, so that was a discouragement factor that I had to get past. And I, I would, you know, I would, Yes, that's right, Brittany. That's what, you know, Ted and I would say, that that is a testimony in itself. So don't ever say, God can't use me if I haven't gone through A, B, C, and D, like so-and-so that I watch or listen to. You know, I didn't have this tragic situation, so I'm never going to, no. God can use you just as much. So we can't let discouragement... And lies and feeling like I have to fail at something in order to be somebody for the Lord. That's another that's another lie, because then it's just a trap. The enemy that's keeping you back from from speaking, from being a mouthpiece. And so that's something you really have to get instilled is that our primary task is faithfulness on our part. Are we willing? Are we obedient? God's going to take care of the rest. Love you, Letty. Love you, Lawinda. Um So that was two, failure. First one, fear. Elijah experienced, made him run off, made him want to die. You know, just my life is over. I have nothing else to live for. Uh, it was a good run while I had it. You know, that's what he's saying out there. Uh, and then failure. Even though he had all these accomplishments, uh, then uh, one thing and all the accomplishments that God did in his life through him as a mouthpiece, as a prophet, he was ready to be like, you know, that's it. Don't let one little, one little incident take out the rest of your life. Rewrite your history. Don't, don't let it do that. That's what discouragement will do. Discouragement is not the pen, is not the story of your life. Let the Word of God write your life. This is your pen, not discouragement. All right. Number three, fatigue. If you looked through verses five through eight, then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside, uh, there beside his head was some Uh, bread baked and hot stones and a jar of water so he ate drank and lay down then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you so he got up ate and drank and the food they gave gave him enough strength to travel forty days and forty nights to Mount Sinai the mountain of God there he came to a cave where he spent the night so fatigue I have learned that That's right. See, so Katie writes on YouTube, love this. Yes, my testimony is full of overcoming crap, but I love your testimony because that's what I tell my sons. You don't have to go through tragic stuff to have a testimony, and you're a good mom for that. You know, thank God for the prodigal son story. Thank you, Lord. It shows the love of a father, the mercy of a father. The forgiveness of a father, right? And thank God for it. But the thing I say over my kids, they're not going to be prodigal children. They don't have to go through that to receive his forgiveness and love and mercy. So she knows we're going to nip it in the bud. The next generation is going to be different, and that's a smart mom, and I applaud you for that. All right, fatigue, discouragement can I t- can intensify the um, can intensify during tiredness, right? We're not taking care of our bodies, our health is <clears throat> our health is dragged down. Everyone knows when we're tired, and Lowenda, that could possibly be it. I just I haven't. It's funny because it's like when you're reading stuff for a certain thing, you're pulling stuff out of wisdom and revelation for that. And then it's like when you go, you can kind of see some other things. So possibly I'll have to go back and and read it like that. But um, discouragement can anticipate during tiredness not taking care of our body. And that can lead over to our spiritual lives. When we're tired, you know, when we're tired and we have no strength, it is it bleeds, our natural tiredness will bleed into our spiritual life, because we're not gonna wanna do anything. We're gonna be too tired to feed our spirit man, then we're too tired to go to church, and then we're too tired to do this thing, and then we're too tired to be in the presence of God, and then it works both ways, you know? If you're naturally tired, then relationships get ruined. Um, if you're married and you're and you're always fatigued and you're tired, you know your relationship can go south because you don't want to spend any time with each other. You're not trying to be intimate. You're not trying to do, you know, have conversations. You're not because tr- you're tired. Same with your kids. Your parenting will go down. You don't want to spend time with them. You you're too tired to play games. You're too tired to read books. You're too tired to teach them anything. You're too tired to help with with school. You're too tired to even. Hang out with them. All of that will bleed into both the natural and the spiritual aspects, fatigue. And so look, as if you have your Bible, look what I just read in 5 and 8. God didn't rebuke Elijah for stopping and saying, listen, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to eat. No, instead he sent an angel. He sent an angel to make his weary body strong again. He said, no, I'm not going to yell at you. You need rest. How can you carry out what I've called you to do? How can you go out and do what I've asked you to do? How can you be a good mom? How can you be a good wife? How can you be a good employee or a boss or whatever you're doing if you're always tired, if you're always needing a break, if you're always complaining. How does that work? No, fatigue is a killer. So God didn't rebuke Elijah for laying down and sleeping. He replenished him. He said, listen, this is for you. I need you to be at your best. I need you to be, you know, a hundred percent. So sleep Provides for him. Eat provides for him. And then, you know, building up his spirit man provides for him. And so we can't hear from the Lord properly. If you move down to verse 11 through 13, we can't hear from the Lord properly if our daily life we feel overwhelmed. There's so much stuff going on. We can't hear from the Lord we let our guard down we've got voices TVs radios music kids husband uh, whatever movies whatever you have going on things you said yes to that you shouldn't have said yes to (laughs) just you know we can always be the the parent that's always you know saying "I, I need to be needed but really you need to take a break Um, (laughs) And so, if you look through it, there was a windstorm, there was rocks flying everywhere, there was an earthquake, there was a fire, but it wasn't until the noise, the commotion was set aside, there was a whisper from God, a direction from God. He answered Elisha, with a mighty answer. Look, when Elisha was at his lowest, I'm tired, I wanna die, I can't hear you Lord, where are you, I don't feel like you're showing up, you left me, I'm high and dry, I'm discouraged. This is what the Lord said to him. Go back the same way you came and traveled to the wilderness. And I'm gonna skip down because then I have to try to say all those names again. But he said, yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to the false god Baal or kissed him. He thought he was the only one, that's why he left. He was like, what the heck, I'm done. No one else is serving God around me. I I give up, I'm doing all of this, the Lord's called me, nothing's happening, nobody's changing, I'm out. Ready to die, I don't care. God God comes back and says, hold on, we're gonna choke out this discouragement, we're done with it, you've had your little pity party, you're gonna dust your feet off, you're gonna stand up, and you're gonna do what I've called you to do, because there's blessing in the obedience of God. And that's what we need today. We need to know that um, God's got our back. Quiet doesn't mean he's absent, right? He was talking. Are we listening? We got other things going on. What do we have? We got our tasks. We got our schedules. We got our planners. You know, we'll spend $50 on some super duper special planner from somebody's name who's famous, thanks to Instagram. And it's like, really, is that what makes your life in order? Is that what makes you feel encouraged in life? Is that really what we go to? It's nice, it's pretty, it can be helpful, but when that's what we're leaning on, it's not gonna work out, it's fleeting, in a moment and so we aren't to suck it up when we have the feeling of discouragement we're to be done with it and here's a way to be done with it get in God's presence get in God's presence here Elijah thought he was all alone but when he got with God got his answer he found out hey I'm not alone What I've been doing for the Lord is making a difference. What I'm doing is doing something. There's 7,000 other people that will stand with me. So listen, we have to be in his presence so we can hear and think clearly. I love Psalms and um, when I was thinking about this teaching for today, I was reminded of Psalm 34. I love it, Psalm 34. And it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will constantly speak his praises. When you're speaking his praises, when that's all you're saying, when you're spending time with the Lord. Now I listen, listen, I get it, I am a mom of three, I homeschool, I travel. I understand busy, I understand busy. I don't have nannies, I don't have all that stuff, so I get hands-on parenting, I get it. If you have it, I'm not making fun of it, I'm just saying I understand being busy. And help is good, so don't be the person that's too big to ask for help, help is okay but I understand being busy, but every season there's going to be a switch for us where we can spend time with the Lord, single, married, younger, older. Every season of our life will look different. Just like in the natural, every season looks different, right? Winter doesn't look like summer and summer doesn't feel like fall and fall doesn't look like spring. So same within our own lives, every season in our Um, spiritual walk is going to look different so we have to learn to switch and do a few things tweak so like when I had infants there's things I I do now that I couldn't do then and things have changed in each season but (coughs) excuse me but we have to make sure we are in the presence of God because he's always answering us He's always speaking to us. So we have to make sure we are in the presence of God. So in Psalm 34, like I said, I will praise the Lord, I will constantly speak His praises. If you're constantly speaking His praises, we know that praise is access into His presence. Okay? Praise is access into His presence. So when you're spending time with Him and you're reading, you also want to pray. But you also want to praise? You want to glo- go- gloat on him. You want to brag on Jesus. You want to tell him of his goodness. You want to thank him. And so, that's awesome, Greta. I love you. I can't wait to see you at the end of this month. Um, keep it up. And so, we're constantly speaking the praises of our Lord. You can't speak praises. You can't speak the goodness of God. You can't be praying and speaking scriptures in prayer and feel discouraged. The anointing of God comes and that heavy burden lifts off. That uh, mindset of lies has to go, where in his presence is fullness of joy, it says in another place in Psalms, in his presence is fullness of joy. You can't battle discouragement and anxiety and fear and depression and lies and all of that if you're in his presence. So praise is an access into his presence. It's a key. You've got to continue to praise him all throughout the day, whenever you get a chance. So you can't feel discouraged while you're praising the Lord because it says God inhabits the praises of his people. So it's not a time to shrink back. It's not a time to pout. It's not a time to sit off in the corner. It's not a time to um, seclude yourself, to be alone, plop in front of the TV, get comfort food. (laughs) Though, I mean, that is nice sometimes, comfort food, but do it when you're joyful. It's just, it's a way better outcome. Because all that, you know, me- medicate your melancholy. It's like, oh, I need a tub of ice cream. It's like, no. Go out for a walk. Fresh air. It's way better. It makes you happy. The sun. All that. Um, But we need to dislodge the obstruction. That's the discouragement. That's why I said we're going to choke it out. It's like the Heimlich remover. We're going to uh, hit our spirit man uh, with the word of God and be like, for our discouragement. We can't let that sit on us. That is a heavy weight. That's a heavy jacket that needs to come off. It's got to be lifted because discouragement will stick around as long as we keep it. Just like anything else, as long as you're going to keep that around, it's going to be there. So we're going to dislodge it. Scriptures, we know scriptures that give us hope. The Bible's full of them. Uh, It's our life's manual. You guys have heard me say that so many times before. He has a great purpose for your life. He doesn't make mistakes. He does not fail. So he did not make a failure. He did not fail when he made you. But we have to activate what's inside of us. We have to activate the word of God. Faith is an action word. Okay. So faith, we talked about fear and um, uh, failure and fatigue. Now we have to realize our faith, our production, and being refreshed in God will set you up for success. Look at verse 19. Go back real quick. In 1st King 19, before I end, I wanted to show you something real quick. Because I want to show you what he did at the end of that chapter. Because he's going to set you up for success, but our responsibility also is what? To to, uh, set the next generation up for success. So you've got what's inside of you. You can't be discouraged. You got to sh- be courageous. You got to be strong because we got people behind us. While we're here on earth, we've got a work to do, and we have a generation coming up behind us that we need to teach, we need to train, we need to impart to. So they're ending in what do I have? 19 through 21. So Elisha went and found Elisha, son of um, Shaphat plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my mother and father goodbye, then I'll go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I've done to you. So he's saying, Listen. <laughs> Really think long and hard, this call that God has for you, it's it's pretty much, there's no looking back. So Elisha returned to his uh, uh, oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. So. Your purpose in life is gonna bleed over into the next generation. We can't let the next generation die off. Hey, Ted. (laughs) Excuse me, I think this is the girls only, so, no. Um, And so, that is what we need to do. We need to make sure that fear, Failure and fatigue do not become part of our lives. Do not fuel us on a daily. We've got to make sure our faith, our production, being refreshed, being rested, that's it. That, that, that's all that, you know, we can do great things for our Heavenly Father, but we can't do them discouraged because it will push us down. It will keep us down. So, as I pray for you today, really take in the thoughts, you know, and the things that I listed today, because it's something we've all battled with. But by staying in the presence of God, by uh, staying rested, staying refreshed, not only in our physical bodies, but in our spiritual spirit man, by staying full of faith. And realizing, you know, <laughs> all right, this didn't work out, but I serve a God who doesn't fail, and I'm gonna put all my trust and all my cares on Him so it will work out just fine in the end. And then living a life of faith, knowing what God said, being willing, being obedient, knowing that this was His promise, I don't care what so, so, and so said, I don't care what the news says, I don't care what, you know, yeah. Pray for our president, doesn't mean you have to agree with the stuff that he's saying. You know, you do your job, you stick with your task of faithfulness, you let God do his. So as I pray for you today, I pray that each and every one of us, you know, including myself, feel encouraged. Get rid of discouragement. Get rid of the lies of the enemy. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each and every person watching and listening to this. Thank you, Lord, that they spent their time, that they will not walk away without feeling the goodness, without feeling encouraged by your word. Thank you, Lord, for the faith to rise up inside of us, that we can lead this next generation into the things of God, into the goodness of God. There's a mighty army rising up. The church is still here on the earth. The church is still here fighting. And until the Lord returns, we are strong. We are victorious. We will not fail. We don't have to struggle. But we live by the power of his might. Lord, help us to speak of your goodness each and every day. Praise your name each and every day. Maybe when we feel uh, tired or or like we can't move forward, speak to our spirit, man, Lord. Lord, remind the people who have watched the verses I said at the beginning to be strong and courageous. Everything was strong and courageous because you have our back. Thank you, Jesus. Give us all a wonderful weekend, a safe weekend with our family and friends. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being with me today, sticking around with me, uh, spending, I guess it's been an hour. I don't even know what time it is. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Um, But I love you guys. I love you, Letty and Janine and Kara and Katie and Jen and Greta and Jacqueline and Tracy and Wendy. And my husband, if he's still on, and Elizabeth, and if I didn't say your name, it's just because I don't see it. Melissa, it doesn't mean I'm... Karen, Mackenzie, Bethany Hooker. I don't know. I just, I have to say your whole name. I just love it. Bethany, I hope to see you when I come out to Tomball uh, in July in Texas. And Lena, you guys are awesome. You guys encourage me. So see, it works both ways. I pray I encouraged you So anything that you may have heard today that you've battled or you felt like, hey, that's me. I need to work on that. Or, hey, that's me. Yeah, I'm going to do this different. You know what? Perfect. And you hanging out with me and the things that you're saying, it encourages me. So we are a team. And I love you guys. Oh, Carissa, Lawenda, Nancy. I love you guys a lot. Jackie, Geraldine. I can just sit here and say everyone's names all day long if you want. Um, Wait, can you go up for a second? I wanted to read what I was in the middle of reading. That one. Geraldine, you are the best. That's what I'm going to call you from now. (laughs) Oh, That's my Nana, Jerry, from church, which I love you. I miss you. I leave tomorrow, so I'll see you when I get back in a couple weeks. And Tina and Lisa. But thanks for hanging out with me. I hope... um, You guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, uh, and I'll see you on the road. Unfortunately, uh, there won't be any lives next week or the week after, because I'm gonna be gone, but then I'll be back in the studio in a couple weeks, but I'll be in touch with you on social media and uh, jumping on here and there. Uh, Don't forget, I hope throughout the broadcast, you jumped on and did, um, Bonnie, you spelled it wrong, so it's not gonna bring anybody to that website just in case you wanted to do it again. But I know we've cut that off because, right? You already have a name? Yep. Okay, so we're gonna read a name. If they're not here and they don't say anything, we're going on to the next person. So we will do Friday Favorites, one year subscription to Birchbox, and the winner is everybody drum roll. Is that that it? The person? Okay. <laughs> I know you already wrote it. I thought you were telling me to say hi. <laughs> over, over there, Tiffany. They're all like, say the name, Carolyn. It is Jacqueline, right? That's the proper. That's how she put it in, yeah. Okay, so it's Jacqueline Blake, Jackie Blake. Woo! She won the one-year subscription to Birchbox. You're going to get all this pretty little box. You're going to get all these beauty products every month for a year. Congratulations. Let me see that she's on. Oh, she did it. She's on. You're lucky you commented, Jacqueline, because we're getting ready to get the next name. You guys got to be quicker than that when you're winners. No, just kidding. So awesome. I love you guys. And if I'm coming to any of your churches in the next couple of weeks, I'm excited to see you. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Um, Jackie's a a partner, I believe, with the ministry. Yeah, so I have her address. So if that's the right address, Jacqueline, Jackie, I will just go ahead and, and ship it there to your house. So anyway, I love you guys. Have a fantastic Friday. And um, I think that's all I have to tell you. Oh, don't forget, kids, every Wednesday, we have a new topic, new video, new Bible study, all free for your kids. This week, self-control with my nephew Alex and daughter Madeline. Get the Miracle Word app. You now can get it on our app so your kids can watch them back to back. They can get the Bible study. You can print it out. Everything is for free. We want your kids to be strong, smart, and set apart. Love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you later.